Good morning, Mark. Well, good morning, Johnny. How you doing, buddy? Oh, hanging in there, man. Um, it's been a good week. How about yourself? Um, I'm good, but I'm kind of tired. I'm not gonna lie. It's been a, it's been a long week, and now there's an added element to that week. Oh, well, tell me about it, man. Yeah, yeah. I made the mistake. Um, I guess it's not the mistake. Word gets around. You run a podcast empire. Word gets around at work, <laughs> and suddenly everybody's got a creative project that they want to be a part of with you. And, you know, yes, I guess Heavy is the head that wears the crown, but it's a great crown to have. My point is, though, um, I started playing in this, like, I'd say a Star Wars RPG okay. uh, tabletop group at work that they run out of the break room. Which, number one, I'm pissed off because, like, I'm taking lunches now that are more than the state-mandated 30 minutes. Because <laughs> just let me do my shit and go home. But I'm also hanging out in the break room with these dudes, like, role-playing Star Wars shit. Okay. Um, but there's one guy in my group that's just taking it way too seriously. And, like, I had made a joke, that because I'm playing a Twi'lek uh, female rogue. Okay. And uh, I know, big surprise, right? <laughs> but I had made a joke that, like, oh, yeah, well, you know, like, at some point, I just, like, jokingly seduced him. And then, like, Homeboy's character is simping for me. Ooh. But now I think Homeboy might have jumped the shark and might be simping for me, too. Because, like, he keeps talking about wanting to, like, come over and, you know, do, like, character work, like, out of game. And I'm like, no, what are you what are you doing? And he's like, no, come on, I got all these dice I want to show you. And I'm like, no, no thank you. And <laughs> oh, he's no. like, well, well, what if we did, like, what if we wouldn't, like, you know, maybe, like, write our own, like, campaign? Because I know you're, like, doing podcasts, so, like, maybe you could record it. I was like, my dog, let me stop you here. I have a prior engagement, and that prior engagement is... The Dangle Podcast. Hey, welcome everybody to the Dangle Podcast. This is a weekly King of the Hill podcast where I, Johnny, and my good buddy, Mark, we introduce you to two episodes of that beloved animation classic, King of the Hill, and we rate them, and we talk about them, and we we dive deep into what we like, what we don't like, and if it still holds up today, we slap it with our patented rating system, and uh, then we get on our merry little way. Mark, what do you say we jump right into it this morning? I agree, but really quick, Johnny, I gotta shout this out. Yeah. Let me beat this home, because we've been doing this for a minute, and I think we ought to say it just one more time. This is a retrospective rewatch. Not a, I remember this episode and have been told to like and or hate this episode. Sure. Podcast. Yes. Yeah. This is... I just, I want to throw that out there. I... Getting into season nine, this is the point in my knowledge where it gets gappy because I remember them, but I also remember being a pissed off teenager at this time and hating everything. So sure. maybe that leaves a bad taste in your mouth. I'm still shook from um, uh, Mrs. Wakefield. I guess is my point. <laughs> this week's not going to be. Any and I better. just want, I just want us to remember that. So yeah, all right, let's press on though, buddy. Yeah, no, it's it's. I think it's good to remind everybody that hey, these are our opinions. We uh, we were very humbled if you want to take our opinions as yours but don't feel obligated to and we're not going to hate you if you have something completely different to say but we're going to start this week with a, a not so divisive episode in the king of the hill community i don't think it's universally loved by any means number 177 patriot act original air date february 13th 2005 this was written by our good buddy christy stratton uh, the last time we saw Christy Stratton was, I believe, How I Stopped Worrying and Loved the Alamo. I think that's yeah, the I last one I think that was I her first one. Yeah. That well, was her first writing credit. No, because we've got her on well, Cheer Factor before that. 
Cheer Factory, God damn it! You're... Yeah, so, but, like, when we were doing that, I know we kept going back and forth because I thought that she had written one ahead, and she had, and I was oh, thinking right. the, the, um, her uh, work on Meet the Hearts, that was her show. Right, exactly. Yeah, she's, she's the yeah. creator of Meet the Hearts. So, yeah, we've seen Christy Stratton before. She's kind of hit or miss. Um, I, I believe we gave um, How I Stopped Worrying and Learned to Love the Alamo a Tutane. So, you know, middle of the road. Fine. I, I don't remember really loving it all that much. Um, this week's cast of characters, we have Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotree, Boomhauer, introductions of Dr. Bradley, Duke the Cat, Buster, Dr. Yandel, Mr. Javier, Tommy, Teresa, Frank, and then, of course, we have Lady Bird. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got a synopsis for you. Rainy Street gets patriotic when Bill Foster's a deployed serviceman's animal, and Hank is stuck with a medically acute cat that won't let him go on vacation. Yeah. This is a this is a rough episode, man. A story character here. It's it's Hank, Peggy, Bobby. Really, just Hank. He's the one who has to kind of do everything with Duke. Um, B story, but very much A. Sub one is Bill because Bill's the plot device and Bill intersects a lot with Hank in this whole whole time. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But let's hop right into it, man. What notes you got for me? Um, number one notes. Uh, number one, we have another arc episode archetype and Hank getting screwed by the United States Army. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. Lady Bird is literally drawn like frames slower when she is playing with Buster in that first shot. Yeah. Like, they make a point to make Buster pert and spry, and they also make a point to make Lady Bird into a geriatric pork chop. Yeah, the juxtaposition there is very intentional, and it's very warranted, because, yeah, Lady Bird's 12, 13 years old at this point. Like, that's old. Nine million, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That vacation sounds fun as hell. Like, that sounds like a ton of fun, and I want it. Yeah. No, that sounds like a good old-fashioned road trip, like this, the sort of shit you and I used to do as kids. Oh, yeah. Um, I looked it up. Uh, Robert Moriarty is Buster's owner. Okay. Bill says that he was a Blue Angel, the one that made the French mad by flying under the Eiffel Tower. Mm-hmm. I looked it up. The guy's name is Robert Moriarty. He was the youngest, um, what is it? He was the youngest pilot in the Marines at age 20. Whoa. Um... And in 1984, he flew a single-prop Beechcraft Bonanza uh, aircraft underneath the Eiffel Tower, super pissing off uh, Charles de Gaulle. I mean, I I don't want to piss off Charles de Gaulle, but how, why, <laughs> why, 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 is, why is he so mad? Like, he just flew a plane underneath a building. Under it. He didn't hit it. Yeah. And then, according to Wikipedia, he holds uh, 14 world records for flight, but they don't list what it was, so I have no idea. <laughs> But <laughs> you just know he's very, a hell of a dude. And so you just know he's very accomplished. They're not going to tell you why, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, thanks, Wikipedia. Um, where's Luann? She's just gone. I don't know. Is this... And then, so the pairing with this versus Dale to the Chief, I wonder if this is a maybe season eight episode. Mm, okay. Before she... Or maybe seven before she had moved back into the Hill House. Could be. Yeah, because she's, she's, she's just not there this week. She's mysteriously gone, and it's not like they don't take her on vacations with them already. Ex- be- and that's my point. Yeah, like, she should be here interacting with, Be- with, interacting with uh, Bobby and Peggy, talking about all the fun crap they're going to do, like, 
Yeah. Well, it's like she went with him on uh, during Beer Can Named Desire. She went with him. So why yeah. wouldn't why wouldn't they take yeah, yeah. her on this one? She went to Fun Fair, like. Yeah, yeah. They include Luann in a lot of stuff. I think her omission is because Luann is very much the bleeding heart of the Hill family, more than anybody else, even more so than Bobby. And so she would be the one that was that was sympathetic towards Duke, and nobody wants to be sympathetic towards Duke this whole episode. They kind of do a great yeah, that's job. That's the point. Of, you yeah. need, but you need that, like. Because Hank is, like, driven by the army, but, like, Peggy and Bobby don't care about that. They need Luann to be that, like, reasoning factor of, oh, you're right, she's a bleeding heart, she needs to be there. That's just me. I don't yeah. Know. Um, Duke is a cute cat. I don't care what anybody fucking says. He's, like, <laughs> a little bit bigger, kind of a buff boy. I like his color. I like those little green eyes. I like Duke the cat. Okay. Like, I could fix him. I don't know. Whatever. You know me. Get nuts about kitties. Um, that guy with Frank the Snake is literally Cotton's bastard. I don't, it's, we're done. It's literally a Cotton bastard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I Am I wrong? Dude, am I, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me that is not literally baby Hank. Like. I, I don't know. It's like the, the design seemed off to me. I, I recognized him because I was like, this sounds like a unique voice. I wonder who if they, if they even have somebody on the wiki that voices him. Shocker here, they didn't. Uh, they they make it a note in the wiki to talk about the snake. That's who who Frank is in our cast of characters today, but not Frank's owner. I I looked at it and he's got that kind of like short and squat look that that Cotton has, like in his face. You know, he almost looks kind of like a potato man, but. Yeah, I don't know. But he's got he's got he's got Hank face. Like that's the same face as like uh Sharona Johnson's crony and Mexican Hank at the running of the bowls. Yeah, but realistically that wouldn't be cotton face though, because we all know that he Hank gets most of his facial features from his mom. Those are Tilly. Well, okay, maybe there's Tilly bastards then. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe Tilly was a slut. I would almost prefer that narrative. I mean, you gotta cope with cotton running around and being a horrible fucking person somehow. It's either miniatures, slut, or both. With amazing amounts of PTSD. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know why I'm suddenly trying to, like, become an apologist for Cotton. I'm sorry. Moving on here. Um, <laughs> I'm really... Okay, talk me down, because maybe I just got angry at 4 <clears throat> o'clock this morning. I'm kind of getting tired of this episode archetype where Hank gets rolled over, and then Hank gives the speech, and then the day is saved. Like, yeah. um, Mold Rush is the big one for me. <clears throat> like, Hank read about a th- By reading a book, Hank fixes his problem. Like... Mm-hmm. So... Uh, it's so can I read you the very last line of what my rating was here? I yeah, feel please. like the ending lets the little guy win kind of like after the mold rush. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We're on the same page here. Cool. Um, you are, awesome. I think you're at, at least for me, you're absolutely justified in getting tired of this archetype of yeah. Hank, Hank, all of a sudden figuring it out and then doing the one, two sucker punch in the end. Like I, this this show yeah. did it really well, and they've done it very well for nine seasons. But at this time, at this point, it's like okay, you're you're pulling out old reliable a little too much. Well, but that's my other problem with it is 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 it like they're pulling it out too much, or is it just this is a classic Hank, you know? Yeah, yeah could be, but you you'd think that he would have learned by now because we show a lot of character progression. I feel like they stop making some of the same mistakes over and over and over again. 
as characters. But this is right up Hank. I know, but I'm just trying to think about it. Like this is right up Hank's alley to like, oh my god, I can watch a dog for the army. Hell yeah! Like it's yeah. Yeah. I think the only thing that would like sweeten the pot is if it maybe if it was like Marie Hogarth's cat or something. Okay. Okay. I don't know something like that. I'm going away for four weeks, Hank. I need you to watch the cat. Gotcha. Okay. Something like that, maybe. But like, then you lose. But then you lose the B plot, which is maybe my second favorite Bill B plot ever made. So. Okay. The first, of course, being Bill Dobatrow floating through the Disney series. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, those are my notes, buddy. What do you got? Um, so we'll start this first one off here. I'll ask you a question. I'll let you think about it because I'll give you my answer. But I want you to think okay. about the best slash worst road trip that you had as a kid. Because I that that whole like Peggy and Bobby mapping everything out and talking about where they're going, that really resonated with me. We did a lot of road trips as kids. Um, I went up to North Dakota at least once a summer for like six straight summers. Um, it's 12, 13 hours straight shot. So you, you did it all in a day and it was a long fucking day in the car. And the only bright spot in it was when you stopped about halfway through Wyoming at a fireworks stand and got as much shit to blow your hands off with as possible so that you could blow your hands off in, in North Dakota. Um, we did all sorts of really cool shit. We stopped at Devil's Tower, uh, which a lot of you listeners might know as the, the landing spot from Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Second Kind. Close we up. literally just covered it in uh, Mountains 2. Yeah, exactly. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. yeah, so we did that. We stopped by Mount Rushmore. Um, we got to see the Black Hills because we drive right through all that sort of stuff. Um, my, my family's, like the town that's named after my ancestors on my dad's side that originally moved here in the early 1900s, late 1800s, there's a town named after them, and it's on this place called the Enchanted Highway in North Dakota, and it's got these giant, like, 30 to 50 foot sculptures that this guy, that's just, like, big-ass art that this guy put up there. One of them's a chair, one hmm. of them is a, a, a wife, a husband, and I think a little kid with a pitchfork. Um, one of them's a giant-ass, uh, it's, it's not a roadrunner, um, a giant-ass pheasant, because there's pheasants all over North Dakota. And so, like, I've got all these really cool, like, pit stops and stuff that we knew we were going to make on our way up to North Dakota. So it was like, I I, I knew what I had to expect every summer. Like, hey, this, this drive is going to suck, but I've got a couple of, like, shining glimmers of stops that I'm going to enjoy. It's going to break it up a little bit. Um, I'm going to get there, and I'm only going to have enough battery in my Game Boy to last about two more hours once I get to my grandpa's house. You know, good shit. Good shit, yeah. Um, and my by far my worst road trip was going to my sister's wedding when I was in the sixth grade because we drove out to Vegas and then drove back. And my older brother, who is, he's six years older than me, so he was 18, 19 years old and was terrible at hygiene at the time, was just the foulest smelling person in the entire world. And my younger brother and I are oh, smashed man. in a back seat with him It's because it's a bench seat. Oh, man. And... I, one of us had our, our nose, like, shoved out the little cracked window that you couldn't even open the whole way so that you don't fall out into the fucking highway. Literally, mm -hmm. no face shoved up to the opening so they didn't have to smell it. And, and the other one of us had hand soap that we had stolen from our Vegas hotel and just, like, literally <laughs> held it up to our nose like an 1800s woman or man. Oh, God. It was foul. Oh, my God. And that was the entire way home from Vegas was that. I'm like... Uh, never again. I'm never, never taking this the, a road trip with you again. 
just so funky. Jesus Christ. So give me give me a best or worst road trip, Mark. Don't feel obligated to do both. Um, worst one, I remember, I don't even remember it. I was like two years old. I remember we were going through Nebraska for some reason, but I was with mm. my mom and my grandmother. Um, we all got food poisoning. I oh. remember we I remember being in this horrible little hotel somewhere, like I I remember wood paneling. I remember very, very grainy um, uh, cartoons on the TV that was like, it was weird. Um, I burnt my hand on the heat register. And like, it was like, it was one of the first memories I remember having. Because like, I remember being sick and looking out the window and like, I was so young. You know, like, you know what I mean? Like, but I remember like, I remember remembering that I would remember that, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. Because it was so awful. And then like one point they're like, because I was really into dinosaurs and they were like, Oh, we're going to see a dinosaur. And it was like, you know, the Sinclair, like green gas station dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. That was all it was. And like, it wasn't a thing. I don't know what we were doing. I don't know why we're out there. I should probably ask my mom about it. Okay. But like, I just remember like knowing that it was dumb. And I'm like, I remember being this like little bastard and be like, that's not a dinosaur. And like, just being so upset. I remember saying this shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So wait, was this dinosaur, was it bigger than the Sinclair one? Because I know exactly which one you're talking about in Nebraska, if it is. Yeah, I think I think so, yeah. It's like a blown-up version of him. Like, he's, it's just super fucking tall, right? Yeah, just a big green Sinclair dinosaur. Yeah, it's like as tall as a station or okay. something. Okay, okay. Next time you get yeah. uh, next time you get a free hour and a half, two hours, and you want to just get baked and watch a stupid movie, go watch Pee-wee's Big Adventure with Pee-wee Herman. Because that fucking oh, dinosaur is in that movie. I know what you're talking about. Okay. Yes. Right <laughs> yeah. Okay. Huh. Awesome. Okay. Well, yeah, that's those oh, those memories, man. Anyway, like and then road... the best road trip I ever took was tripping on Vicodin through the Black Hills of or the, through the Badlands of Wyoming because I had a broken ass, <laughs> and then walking in to find you fucking a sandwich. Hey, that was the best road trip I ever had. It was. It was great. That was a great road trip, man. Let's be. <laughs> let's be honest here. You and I also went, made our way all the way up to Montana and back together, and I kept all my puke outside the car, so it was great. And I bought a sword. <laughs> you, you did. I bought us all swords. You you did. You bought a sword. Oh, priorities in college, John. Priorities <laughs> in college. <laughs> um, I, yeah, just like I feel like road trips are almost uniquely American, at least ones that are this long. Um, I've noticed a lot of like when I lived in Germany, a lot of people they don't mind going to a couple of, like, bigger cities in and around them, you know? I, I live an hour away from Cologne and two hours away from Frankfurt and an hour and a half away from Mainz. You can go to any of those, and it's fine, and it is what it is. But you ask anybody that lives in Bonn if they want to go to Berlin and spend five hours on a fucking train, and they're like, no, eat a dick. I'm not going to do that unless I absolutely have to. Like, it's it's just interesting. Or if they want a road trip, then they, they go to another country, and they make it a whole big mm. to-do and, and thing about it. So the the 12-hour or two-day road trip, you know, across the country, that seems and feels very authentically American. And and I love that. Well, I mean, Germany's the size of Wisconsin. Like, <laughs> it's, it's true. I did drive through three countries in December in a single day just to make it home. So That's, that's what I'm talking about. It's like at one point we were up in um, Boston, and at one point I was in Providence and then Boston, like – 20 seconds from me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not a, it's not a thing. Yeah. It's not like Colorado where it's like, 
literally, you got to drive eight hours in any direction to get to a new state, unless you're like me and you can get to New Mexico, or you and you can get to Wyoming yeah. a little quicker. But like, you got to traverse mountains I, half the time. Not to like totally cut you off, but I do no, think no, that yeah. is a uniquely American thing. Is like, you know, it. it that's the point of this country. Not the point of this country, but like you know, the first the railroad going. East to west, and then like yeah. developing, and then you know, yes, manifest destiny, all that shit. But like at the same time, like no, we spread, we sprawled. That's what we did, <laughs> and we said we're doing it all together. Like yeah, so you know, Texas is totally different than Wyoming is totally different than Portland, Maine. You know what I mean? Like oh, absolutely. But this is all the same. I'm sorry, I'm rambling. I got horned. No, we you're... just got done. We just got back from um, um, Glenwood, and like. God, that is some pretty fucking mountain country, and I just got Glenwood's so gorgeous. horned up for like, yeah, and I just I got so horned up for it, and all I keep and all I ever think about is like, can you imagine the first like goddamn pioneers coming up here and going, oh, look at all the mountains, great, and I'm like, look at all the mountains, isn't this pretty? Like <laughs> roads, and I am so amazed at our abilities. Anyway, I apologize. Keep going. No, you're good. I I feel like I kind of I need to round this out and bring it back to King of the Hill because we've been talking for ten minutes and haven't even fucking mentioned the show. Um, the the whole concept of like of it being super American makes it fit so well with the hills that they've got yes. what what sounds like close to seven or six or seven grand to spend on this. Um, with you know all the 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 num- I'm getting numbers from what the doctor quoted Hank. But at, at six 3, or seven, 000, yeah. at six or seven grand, like you can realistically, you could fly your family just about anywhere in the country for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. You can do whatever the fuck you wanted to. And yet Hank and Peggy chose to go and drive. They wanted to do the American thing and drive and see a bunch of cool shit on the road. So good on you guys, because that feels very authentic to me. That's the Amer- type of American that Hank Hill is. Um, Absolutely. We'll keep chugging along here. Mark, do you remember when we hated France as a country? Because I don't... Oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> I don't think we hate them nearly as much now. Like, we don't really think of the French people as people we like, but where this was a fun punchline to a joke in 2005 because apparently we just hated the fucking French because they didn't want to come and invade Iraq with us. Yeah, they were denouncing us. Be- yeah, Jacques Chirac was like, dude, there are not weapons there. Back your shit off. And yeah. W was like, oh, we're going to go get them. Yeah. I yeah, mean, it was. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not the first to admit that I don't think any one particular country has got the best citizens in the world. We all have our fuck ups. Um, I definitely hate the French a lot less now. I met the coolest French dude in January that just like. He smoked hand-rolled cigarettes, and he sat there and, and oh, yeah. drank all sorts of awesome liquor with me. I think I brought him up on this thing. He just, like, started moving logs that were on fire in in the middle of the fire because he's like, yeah, I burned off the tips of my fingers, like, all, this, all the yeah. sensitivity because I'm a cook and have been for 10 years. I was like, dude, you are – like, I want you to be my fucking mentor. Like, you are so badass right now. <laughs> I don't know, so. John. The French are assholes. It's, yeah, but this is, he's also French-Canadian. Like, he was born in France, but <laughs> spent a whole bunch of uh, time in, in Canada. And I'm like, okay. Not to mention he's out in California now, and he fucking hates it. And I'm like, I, I can resonate with that. <laughs> um, and then the la- my last note here, it's, it's just kind of a feeling. It's like almost the theme that I got from this entire episode, which I feel like we got really, really hard in after the mold rush. And it's that the mm-hmm. bulk of this episode is Hank getting taken advantage of. Not knowing yeah. when to say no or not being able to say no and people just piling and piling and piling and taking it for all that he's got. And so I 
I don't I don't want to see a third episode like this. I'm not thinking too much into the future of what what else do we have? Are we going to see another one of these? But if we do, I have a feeling I'm going to call it out and it's going to probably drop it at least half a rating if not a full rating because we've already seen it. It was done really well in After the Mole Rush. It was done okay in this, but it's like, all right, you're rehashing the same shit over and over again. So I think it was done really well. Okay, so I think the better way that it was done was like um, Return to La Grunta. Mm, okay, it's I it's think... a lot more subtle in that, so I would agree. Yeah, it's just because this is like... I guess the setup of having the um, the equipment salesman there is a good setup. Like, I guess they did that pretty well. They didn't hide like, it, like the mold rush. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I guess I appreciate that. I don't know. I just... I don't know. Well, after, it's like I said, after nine seasons, you're going to start seeing some repeat plots, I think, without... In, well, being intentional, I can't imagine these guys sat down with a bunch of season two, three, or four scripts and said, how can we rework this with a different angle? Um, if they did, then that's the no, laziest shit No, and I also don't want to, but... like, call out, like, Stratton either. Like, it's not... No. I don't think she's doing that, like, by any stretch. I, that's not what I'm saying. I just... I think that this is a this is a solid King of the Hill archetype, but I think it's what you're saying is just like, yeah, just do that, like... Yeah. But yeah. anyway, those, so those are my notes. Give me some pros, man. Um, some pros. This is 100% a thing that Hank would get taken up into. Yes. Just this whole deal. Like, it is tailor-made for Hank. I bet you he would adopt the damn dog and tell Cotton about it, and Cotton would tell him he's a dumbass. But he would, like, think that it gave him some type of, like, clout with Cotton. That That's yeah. how important this thing is to Hank. Um. So I wrote the Duke beer scene, but I meant to write um, the Buster beer scene. And he hands <laughs> Bill the empty beer can yep. or the can of fresh beer. And I was empty. Um, just as a general through line, anytime Bill's doing something with Buster, like, I, I like it. I, why doesn't Bill have a dog, Bill? He had one. We, we, uh, uh, one time, I know. But, like, number <laughs> one, yay, Bill's back on dogs. I'm glad that, like, it's good for him. Like... You know, yeah, it's he, he. He is clearly benefiting from it. That woman gives him his her gives that woman gives Bill her number, and then like the 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 Dale cigarette dropping out of the mouth. That's gold. Like that's yeah. great. Like Buster is obviously good for Bill. So like, why doesn't Bill have a dog anyway? Um, general hype for the entire or the the general hype of Bobby and Peggy for the vacation. Yeah. I just like it. I like how much. I like how excited they are. It's so great. And then, like, you really do feel like they're losing out when Hank tells you know it's not like oh we're not going to Flags Over Texas. It's like wait, this was something we were gonna do. What the mm-hmm. hell? I can I sub like just branch off for half a second here and say how refreshing it is that Bobby wants genuinely wants to spend time with his parents. Like he doesn't hate his parents. This is my reminder that he's thirteen and he ha- hasn't quite hit puberty yet. You know, him doing yeah. the, him doing the whole little poker face thing with Peggy, like, Dad, check out my poker face. Like, you're taking time <laughs> out of your day that you could be watching TV, you could be listening to music, you could be playing your Game Boy. No, you're going to go hang out with Mom and learn how to have a poker face so that you guys can go and have fun playing cards on the little riverboat. That's fucking adorable to me. I like that. I like the little bits with, like, them messing with the travel size crap. <laughs> yeah. 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 
So sorry, I ran over you. I just wanted to. I wanted to call no, out because I don't. I didn't notice it until you like until you mentioned it just now. Like I didn't write anything down for it, but I'm like, no, that I want to say something. <laughs> um, pro, we finally see Peggy's feet drawn as size 16s. I forget the shot, Ooh. but they're the, oh, she's sitting on the couch when they're getting uh, the cat, mm-hmm. and Hank goes, "That's what you're wearing," and her feet are propped up. Those are size 16s. <laughs> Good job, guys. You figured it out. I'm really glad you like heard my note. 19 years in the future. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm already called out Bill's B-Store with Baxter, so yeah. yeah. How about you, buddy? Oh, yeah. Uh, first pro for me is tracksuit Bill because I we <laughs> yeah. love we love costume changes, and tracksuit Bill is confident Bill. Bill just needs to live in that thing when he's not in his army fatigues because um, let's be honest here, confidence looks good on him. We all know it. The lady that, that gives him his number knows it. Duke, not Duke, um, Buster knows it. Hey, it just is. Uh, Mark, how fancy are you at your house? Do you use koozies? I had a note <laughs> about koozies, but I didn't want to ask you about it. Dude, we are on the same wave today. Yeah, we yeah, are. Yeah, no. Sometimes, I don't know. You've seen my, like, colossal koozie collection. God, yes. I'm illiterate today. I'm sorry. You've seen, like, all my shit, but I don't really use them if I'm by myself. Yeah, I don't either. My, uh, my sister-in-law and her husband came a couple years ago. And they brought their own, and that was weird, but they live in Iowa, and I wonder if it's not like a condensation humidity thing. Uh, probably. That would make sense. Like, I reckon that's kind of what it is, because, like, you know, it's dry as hell up here, so. Right, right. Yeah. Whenever I, I had a coworker of mine who's, a lot of his family came from Arizona, and they would always use them, too, and I'm like, I maybe it's because it's so hot out there that this is going to make it super warm if you don't insulate it real fast, but... Yeah, I, I had a good amount of koozies before we moved. I got rid of, like, all of them, I think. I had a Duff koozie, and I had a couple that I got from the Ska Brewing Company in Durango and and stuff mm. like that. I'm like, eh, they're kind, of, they're kind of fun, but honestly, if I'm going to just be drinking all night, then I'm not going to bother switching this thing out time and time and time again. I'm just going to go get a new fucking can. <laughs> Next time you're in the thing hole, we're doing koozies. Deal. Deal. Um, Ooh. At the five dollar tier of Patreon, you get a dangle podcast, dangle koozie. <laughs> <laughs> I need to be writing this shit down. Yes, you do, because that's a that's a five dollar idea if I've ever heard one. That's a gribble of an idea, right there. <laughs> um, next pro, Bobby seeing Duke groom himself. He starts out and he starts imitating him, like, huh? I wonder. And he licks his own arm, very on point. And then <laughs> yeah. I swear to God, we have our moment of. Oh, who, who was it? Who was, I think it was Garland Testa. Um, we have our moment of somebody says something to get their attention and then the other person gets their attention and then it's, then it's corrected, right? It's the uh, guy shaving his legs. That's very interesting. Peggy, Bobby, sorry, dad. Like that whole thing. We get that, but with Duke in this episode. So I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. Christy Stratton's doing her fucking homework here because Bobby sees him and goes, dad, cat and then the cat just like jumps away <laughs> and that's why i wonder because like that's a really good bit that you're, it is it's like you're saying she's doing her homework it is so that's why i wonder if like not that she's trying to beat the dead horse of hank's mold rush this is just her version of hank's mold rush yeah you know so if, hey if she's gonna like take take a base out of something and incorporate all these other episode elements to it more more power to you because that then it does feel like a classic king of the hill episode um, yeah, yeah, it does. My mom's cat is very similar to Duke. The oldest animal in her house is this sweet, 
oh, I don't know. I think she's a tortoise shell colored. So she's that black and brown kind of peanut buttery mm-hmm. style color cat. Short hair. Her name mm-hmm. is Emmy. And she is exactly like Duke, or at least she was when she was younger. She's a little bit nicer now. But she, you would pet her. You'd get like two or three pets in. She would come up and want your attention and everything. And then immediately claws out, teeth out. Like, doesn't matter where you're petting her, really. And for no reason. It's like she's got a short circuit in her brain that all of a sudden it starts to fire right. And she goes, fuck you, and just bites the shit out of you. Um, Mm -hmm. At least one time in my life, she has hopped up onto my younger brother's lap. And he has just looked at me and said, "It's I swear to God, it's like I'm petting a bomb. So I don't know if he was quoting King of the Hill or if that's really just the best way to describe it because you just never know. So yeah. I also love Duke because I love my mom's cat, Emmy. I go down and say hi to her every single day because she's getting older and she's a little crankier. And there's two other cats that have to vie for attention. So I'm like, no, you're going to get some attention from me today. It's great. Oh. Um, my last You're pro. Good guy, John. My last pro here is the entire section that is so long when you think about it of Duke rubbing his asshole on the fence, just hard eye contact rubbing his butthole on the fence. That's a pl- that's a pro to me because it's something I never never thought I would see ever, let alone animated. Guys, y- you did something new for me. Christy Stratton gets an A plus from me just for that sequence because, like I said, in moments where I ne- I never thought I would see in my life, a cat just rubbing his asshole for consistently for like thirty seconds on a fence. Yep. Uh, give me cons, buddy, <laughs> or you or feel free to, to to talk about asshole rubbing as well. No, I'm good. Um, I think it's a general note that this is an episode. Okay, this is an episode. I would reckon to say that either Christy Stratton is either a cat person and she has heard people bitch about cats and this is her taking that and like amplifying it to like 11 okay. or Christy Stratton is a dog person and absolutely hates cats. <laughs> yeah, I could see either one. I can't tell you which one it is. I'm not going to come down and like make it, make a, make a judgment on it. My point to all this is, is like, it's like with the asshole, it's the jumping in the litter box and taking his shit on Peggy, like literally like hanging one on Peggy. That was great. Um, <laughs> pooping in Hank's shoes, jumping on the table, puking in the food. This isn't a thing that cats do like, sure it is, but like, you, you know, you distill down enough things, you get the tropes out of it. And that's what we're, we've, we've got here. You have the best of both worlds juxtaposed between Bill and, uh, Buster and then Hank and Duke. Yeah. Well, and a lot of cats, I mean, they're, 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 they, they stick to themselves. So the fact that Duke is doing yeah. all of this at once in front of strangers is very strange, but I'm sorry. Keep going. No, 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 you're good. I, and they, and you know, I'm not trying to like distill cat behavior down either. I just, that's kind of where I was at with this is this is an episode written by somebody who has something to say about cats. It's either positive or negative. I can't tell, but like, That'll play into my rating in a little bit. I just wanted to get it out now yeah. and kind of like put that out into the air to marinate a little bit. Absolutely. But I guess we're on to my cons, huh? Yeah. Um, Hank's goddamn application essay is a con. <laughs> you quoted the entire Star Spangled Banner. What the hell is, how would that be appropriate even once? It triggered my like former English teacher, like reptile brain, like give that kid a D. <laughs> Oh, come on. He needed to pad that six-page six essay that you made him write anyway. That's three pages right there. 
I only ever asked for five paragraphs. If you want to make it longer, you <laughs> like if you can't tell me in five fucking paragraphs, like shut up, two wizards listeners. But Mark, you consistently go over two hours. I'm trying to get better. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> what a gladiators clock in like just shy of three hours. Like. Oh, it was a lot. We did a lot for gladiators. It was great. <laughs> I that favorite one of my, like my favorite episode maybe. Um, all right, we get it. Cats will make you gay. Okay. Thank you, 2005 writers. Okay. <laughs> um, Hot damn, just call me fucking Liberace. He was gay, right? Garen a stack of strawberry pancakes, bud. Yeah, cool. Um, I was going to flag it as a con, but you kind of put it in context. I'm like the Bobby petting the bomb cat joke. But okay. You kind of made it all right for me. I just didn't like it because, like, stop yelling. Like, <laughs> it's a cat. It's highly like, uh, like very uh, what do you sensory. call that? Yeah, but like, yeah, but like, you don't have to do anything to piss off a cat. You know, like, don't fucking yell. <laughs> Shut up, Bobby, you dumbass. Um, and finally, just and I know this is the point again. I know, but I just God fuck this vet. Like, um, yeah. As jokey as it seems in 2004, five, well, written in four probably, comes out in five, yeah. establishing a rule. Um, this is what, this is like 90% of what my job is right now. Like, hospitals will charge $49 for a pair of gloves, and I'm not blaming the hospital per se. Well, I am, because in this case, the hospital is a crooked bastard. And it's like, nobody charges this much. They just do because they can, because yeah. it's in a better part of town. But it's like, this is 90% of my job is like, just looking at these itemizations. It's like, oh my God, like, this episode is not funny. Like, this is a thousand percent predatory. And like, this mm-hmm. is, you know what? I take everything I said back. I just brought myself around to it. This is one of the best episodes of King of the Hill ever, too, because this is a very special episode, and goddamn Christy Stratton gives gives us a very special episode without us even realizing we're getting it. (laughs) So, shit. (laughs) Um, This is an amazing episode. You also just reminded me, because you brought him up, we didn't talk about Dr. Bradley Leslie and, and that he's our guest star this episode. Yes, who is our guest star, Mr. Bradley Leslie? Do you Leslie. did you recognize the voice? Because it took me a second no and then I went, oh shit. Um so he is he will in the future from this episode, but in the past for us now, um, be a, a staple. He's actually a lead character in a Mike Judge movie, probably his least lauded movie of all time. This is Jason Bateman. Oh, okay. Who starred okay. in Extract with Mila Kunis. Interesting. Yeah. So Jason Bateman, this is him. Um, I, I want to say hot off of uh, Arrested Development, but I'm pretty sure Arrested Development ended in 2003. So this is him before. Um, oh, what is it? And bad bosses, shitty bosses, horrible bosses. Horrible. Yeah. Thank you. Horrible bosses. Before, like before, Jason Bateman was like in a lot of different shit because he started to blow up there yeah. for a little while. Um, he got real big in like late thousands. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. He, and I think he makes a good Dr. Leslie. Like he makes a good conniving. Hey, I'm just, I, if you're not going to do this, then how, how is this animal ever going to live its life? You know, he can't make oh, no, the decisions. I agree. He's really, he's a great villain. I, he sells I it real good. Villain. I just like, yeah. I just don't like him. Like, oh, which no, is I don't point. either. I understand that's the point. I just. <laughs> You're right. Jason Bateman does a really good job. Yeah. 
Uh, sorry, oh, you sorry. were those no. Are still my notes. Yeah, as I say, you're yeah, still in cons. Um, I just wanted to. We hadn't mentioned that he was our guest star yet. No, I got you. Yeah, actually, that was my last con. Just fuck that. That. Um, what do you got, man? Um, so I got two cons here. First off, that the premise of this episode is is it implies that the military can get anything done in a few days, which I think everybody, even non-military people, know doesn't fucking work. So the fact is, Hank would be waiting months to get this animal. There's no way it would have arrived early. For plot, structure, yeah. and device, it has to, obviously. But, right. yeah, there's no way that within a week of him putting that application in that he's, oh, by the way, we actually went through and did something because we have nothing better to do. N- no, people. Most people in the military sit on their thumbs until they get fucking yelled at to do something. Um, <laughs> it's a con for me that cats are so negatively portrayed in this episode because I have a feeling if if you if you go into this and you're enjoying King of the Hill and you've seen this great relationship with Hank and Ladybird, or Bill and Buster, or with, with most of the animals in this show, you're going to come into this and go, oh, well, my idea of a cat is that they're just fucking terrible and awful, and I would never, like, they're absolutely nothing like a dog ever. Never. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you all from personal experience that two two of the four cats I've had in my life as, as an adult that I've cared for, that I picked out myself, were basically dogs. Shit, one of them was a 20-pound orange bastard that he was asthmatic, and he wheezed, and he made all sorts of noise, and he popped Mark in the ball sack one time. And I, I could never have asked for a better animal. He tried animal. to narrow my Uridi, yes, Johnny. He d- Don't yeah. you make it sound so tame. That yes, damn cat did. tried to narrow your, my Uridi. He was eight weeks old, so you need to quit being such a baby about it. I'm going to be real. Fuck <laughs> you. I won. I have my ball still. You do. He lost I, his. I had, He lost his, and, well, I've got him. In, he's just in a nice little tin downstairs. Uh, well, I didn't uh, want to bring up that your cat was dead, John. I wasn't trying to make Lou. you think about the dead cat. <laughs> R.I.P. Louie, you fish hook-eating bastard. We're, com- we're coming up to three years here, and it, dev- it never hurts any less. Um, I but know. I need to stop being so mean to you. I'm sorry. No, no. I, you're fine, dude. He's not going to care. Um, no, like, <laughs> he's he, he would come up to me like a dog. You could call his name. He would play fetch with you. Like, he was basically a dog, but he was a 20-pound throw pillow of a dog. And mm-hmm. most of my cats are like that. The cats adopt what, like a lot of their personalities of their owners. Obviously, there's there's some something to say about genetics and a natural personality. But all of my cats have been super friendly. They'll come up and say hi to you. So, I, I yeah, I mean, my, Lady was one of the sweetest cats I've ever met. It, like exactly when she was probably my most skittish cat. But like. Like I said, my big con here but is that... But when you got her to be cool, like, she was really cool. It's it's true. Um, but like, I this... have very fond memories of playing um, Ruby on your couch and her, like, resting adjacent to me. <laughs> just just hanging out with you. And, but it was like, oh my god, she's, like, cool enough to just be here, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, she's just my little dumpster yeah. cat I found outside uh, outside of Clark's house. It was great. Um yeah. But no, like, so this this whole episode, if, if you're going into this and you've never been a pet owner, this, I have a feeling it, it would turn you off from a cat forever. And that's a really, yeah. really sad thought to me because dogs get a lot in our society, especially in American society. Americans have dogs. Americans love dogs. Um, and so whenever there's adoption events and everything else, everybody sees puppies, old dogs, middle-aged dogs. Dogs are the first to go. There are shitloads of cats cats everywhere that just get left mm-hmm. because they're just not as as not as loved 
And so the more bad press that gets pushed up against them, the harder that's going to continue to be. And as someone who, no offense to my dog that's currently downstairs, as somebody who loves cats more than dogs, it hurts me. But <laughs> I, I'm currently listening to I think you pretty one. much established that you're a good person, though, and you love everything. Oh, God, yeah. Guys, uh, no I'm the o- asshole that hates dogs. Like. <laughs> no offense to any of the rest of you out there with, it's th- what, 32 chromosomes? 33 chromosomes in some? Uh-huh. Uh, it, it, anybody that identifies as a human, we'll say that. Um, <laughs> 99% of the time I'm picking the animal over you. So, yeah, I like animals way better than humans. Dogs and cats. <laughs> Ma- Mark, we're to favorite moments, buddy. Yes, we are. Um, you already called it out. Poker face. <laughs> That's mine. That's my favorite moment. Is it? Yep. Um, um, but then also I got a second one. It's Dale's cat jokes. Hank, this is a <laughs> catastrophe. And then whatever the second one was. And then he like loses the bit and just goes, you got a cat. That's great. That's good. Dale. Oh, like, that's in again. my prose. And I totally forgot to bring it up. So, okay. Yeah. That's a really good use of Dale. She, that's a really, man, like I, Catastrophe. The cat's yeah, out of the bag Yeah, that's a really good now. Dale bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Th- there it is. That's what it, yeah. That's really good use of Dale. Well done. Stratton, you did it. Yes. I, I went to school with a girl who had the same last name, and I keep wanting to call this one by her name because I've never heard anyone else with the last name Stratton. I'm yeah. sorry. That's not the point. Um. Yeah, and then maybe I even kind of like the dumb jump the shark bit of Bill delivering the dog back to the aircraft carrier. <laughs> it's a fun ending. I don't understand why they have to fly him out there to fly him back. I don't really get it. I don't know what's... I don't care. It seems like they're wasting a lot of government dollars, but hey, man, this is the height of the war. They got all the money they can fucking burn, so uh-huh. go crazy. You gotta use your budget, right? Like... Oh, God. How are you getting home? That implies that Bill's gonna get ejector seated out in front of his fucking lawn. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> that's why... Bill is a fat pant load because he cracked his tailbone, and six <laughs> weeks later, when the next episode starts, he's put back on all the weight that he lost playing with the dog. Yeah, makes he, perfect sense, John. Come on. Bill got goosed like in Top Gun, except for it didn't kill him. It just gave him brain damage. <laughs> and the brain damage. <laughs> Tom Cruise, when did you get here? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Johnny, what's your favorite moments? Is it just that? It was. That was it, man. That was it. It's Bobby's okay. poker face. I... So I'm come before we rate this. I want to come into this episode saying I do not. I don't remember liking it, and maybe it's because I love cats so much, and it's such a negative connotation. Maybe it's because this to me is it's demonstrative of, hey, you guys are kind of running out of ideas now, because this doesn't feel like something that fits super super great in the King of the Hill universe, or something that mm-hmm. the, ev- the every man that Hank Hill is would have to deal with. And so I came into watching this going, oh, I'm not looking forward to it. I I can already tell I'm not going to enjoy this very much and was anticipating a lower score than what I actually gave it. So I just want to put that out there before we rate this because I I colored myself before walking into this and I, I feel almost bad like I'm doing an injustice by doing that, but I'm glad I took mm. the moment to really analyze it and look at it for what it is because I ended up liking it more. Okay. 
Um, Will you uh, want to break down that aforementioned system, buddy? Yeah, let's uh, let's do the rating system here. So our rating system starts at the bottom with charcoal. A charcoal episode is a failure of an episode. It's going to keep your your boy dirty under the fingernails, and it's it's good for absolutely nothing really. Um, you might watch it on an initial run. It might just happen as you're going through binging a series, something like that. But you're never coming back to it. It might actually even turn you off from a series because it's it's just not a good representation of what the show is supposed to be. After that, you've got Megalo. And Megalo is just a, a smidge step up higher than that. A Megalo episode is... It's tolerable, but it's also one you're not going to, to seek out as well. It's kind of like a bronze tier. Oh, and also ran, if you will. Uh, a Megalo episode will give you characters. It'll give you a, an interesting situation, but it's ju- it's also just not very. It's not a very good representation of King of the Hill of the characters of the universe. Um, after that, you got a Butane, and Butane's kind of our middle of the road silver medal. You hate to love it. You love to hate it. It, it's got a good guest star on occasion. It's got an okay storyline that kind of peters out halfway through or takes a while to start up. A butane episode, it's it's a bastard. And unfortunately, we're, I think we're going to see a lot more of those as we continue on because we've already we've already used all of the, the golden goose eggs early on. We're nine seasons in, guys. There's not a lot mm-hmm. left to harvest from here. But the ones that well, we I think do... Th- this is like the third age of King of the Hill. Like yeah. Which, it, it makes sense. You go, you do anything long enough, it kind of becomes, it, it just becomes more of a challenge. We're going into, what, our, this is our third year doing two wizards, going yeah. into it, and, like, I gotta say, it's harder for me to become creative sometimes, like, for fuck's sake, I'm doing, did you hear that? That's, I'm doing shit about shit that people heard, like, <laughs> fuck me, yeah. what am I doing with my life? Yeah. Well, for those ones that you do look forward to and that you do occasionally find popping up out of the mud that is butane, we have the Char King episodes. These are some of our best episodes of King of the Hill. A Char King episode has got great characters, a great story. It showcases Arlen in a beautiful, wonderful way, and it gets you excited to watch King of the Hill. When Mark and I both agree about an episode being a Char King, it becomes an Imperial. And an Imperial is just about the best episode you can ever get. You just need a little bit of context. Like my mom yelling for my stepdad in the background of this. Let's hope that picks up because that would be really funny. Um, <laughs> you need a little bit of context in order to enjoy the episodes fully. Uh, we talk a lot about The Exterminator and how it's a great Dale episode. It's a pretty good introductory episode for most people into this series, but you appreciate it just a little bit more if you already know who Dale Gribble is. Now, yeah. the episodes that don't need that are called our Blue Flame of Valor. These are the absolute best top-tier, S-tier episodes of King of the Hill. These are things like a firefight and we will go that you're going to show to somebody who has never seen this show before and say, hey, I love this. You you should love this. Let's watch this together. Let's be friends. Let's go do a podcast together. Mark, on a scale of charcoal to Blue Flame of Valor, what did you give Petriot Act? Um, I gave it a butane. I okay. really was pleasantly surprised by this episode. Like you were saying, I remember not liking it at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does portray cats in kind of a negative light. It's a TV show. It's okay. Like, I also feel like this time America hadn't fallen back in love with cats yet. I think that the internet, like... Internet helped. Give it a year. Give it a year, and then it's going to be n- nothing but cats. And then, like, that dude at the pet shop is not going to be the freak playing with the cat toy. That's going to be you. <laughs> like... So, whatever. It's an episode at a time a little bit, but that's it's cool to see these. Um, and again, 
I, I was saying how, like, this is either she loves cats or hates cats either way. Like, if I was to, had to write an episode about a dog, I'm not a dog person. And, like, if I had to do it why dogs are bad, it'd be like this, but with a dog. Do you know what I oh, mean? Okay. So uh, that's where I'm at. It's a fine episode. I'm not going to go look for it. But if it's on, I'm definitely not going to turn it off. And I was just kind of pleasantly surprised at how much I didn't hate it. There's a lot of good bits. and yeah. I I don't know. According to IMDb, the first review of this episode is a one. And I'm just like, okay, it's not that fucking bad. Like, and I never like go to IMDb to like color my commentary. Don't get me wrong. No. Yeah. I do make a point to go into this shit blind, but like at the same time, man, it's not that bad. (laughs) Like, no, I I um, absolutely agree. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, buddy? What are you giving it? Um, so like, I, like I said, we're right before we did this, that I, I wanted to rate it a lot lower, but I also gave it a butane. So this is a two-tane for us. Um, two-tane. I hope you enjoyed that fun new sound effect. <laughs> yes. It's, it's going to be in there cause I'm going to have it before next Thursday. It'll be great. This episode, oh, yeah, it made me angry because I'm a cat owner. It also reminded me of just how much I care for my animals because the way that that uh, Jason Bateman's character sits there and manipulates Hank, who doesn't even have... Like, he's not even Duke's owner. He's just the guy taking care of him. But you know mm-hmm. that if it was Lady Bird in this situation, that Hank wouldn't even think twice when this guy is throwing around words like, well, Lady Bird can't, can't tell you herself. She's, you know, I, you know, it, will it kill you? Cause it might kill her. Things like that. Yeah. It makes you feel so guilty. And as somebody who doesn't have kids and spends an inordinate amount of time showing you pictures of my own cats, and I don't even live with them. <laughs> they live four, five, 6,000 miles away. <laughs> like I'm yep. kind of obsessed with them. And so it, his character is made all the more menacing to me because I've been in that position before where it's like, Hey, you need to pay me $2,000. Otherwise your cat can't live. Like I'm going to have to put him down. And that is, it's, I mean, it's the, some of the hardest decision decisions I've ever had to make in my life were regarding my animals. Some of the most impactful and emotional moments in my life were from my animals. Mm -hmm. So I feel like they, they did a good job in writing a bad guy here because he's preying on those emotions. It, it, all the way back to the end when we've got the snake Frank, the guy's like, but is this something that would help my snake? And he says it so earnestly. <laughs> like, yeah. no, really, is this something that's going to help my snake? Because I want my snake around for a very fucking long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then I already mentioned that it feels like we're letting the little guy win, like after the mold rush. Um it feels like we're seeing that that whole episode structure just kind of come together again. So, yeah, it's too tame. Yeah, it's it's better than too honestly tame. better than I was expecting it to be. I I saw the name of the episode went oh fuck I remember this kind kind of sort of I remember not really enjoying it all that much but yeah I I probably wouldn't turn it off if if anything the B story kind of sold it for me like I want to watch more of that give me a whole episode of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad the bill gets a win too, though. You know. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. Cool. Well, I say we move on over to our next episode, Mark. I say let's do it, buddy. So this is episode 178, Enrique's Silable Differences. Original to air date February 20th, 2005. This is written by our good buddy Craig Cohen. Yeah, that fucking guy's back. Um, Greg. <laughs> This, the last time we saw him, I believe, was Fish and Wildlife. Yeah, it was. 
And we, we talked mad shit on him that whole time because Fish and Wildlife was like, <laughs> horrible. What did episode. we give that? Uh, we, that was, was our double O. Yeah. Yeah, we were mad. Which at it's, it. it's, it's, it's interesting to see that that one and after the Mold Rush were our two double Megalos last season. Whoa. What a, whoa. Yeah. I am glad yeah. we're keeping up on the spreadsheet. I am proud of us for this because, like, it's. <laughs> Making this, uh, it's making us better podcasters. I think to have our minds. I think blown. so. We're making, we're making our uh, our connections here a little bit done. So, uh, Greg Cohen, you need to figure your shit out this episode because otherwise, I don't know if I'm going to give you a third chance. Um, but we have characters of Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boomhauer, Joseph Gribble, Enrique, Yolanda, Lady Bird. Wow, let me start that again, Lady Bird. Luann Platter, Donna, Joe Jack, Buck Strickland, Yolanda's brothers, TJ, and non-speaking roles for Maria Montalvo and Clark Peters. This says non-speaking for Melinda. She just, but it, she does speak. She just doesn't speak on camera. Oh, okay. She's the like random feet that you see talking to Hank. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So synopsis here. Enrique's in the doghouse with his wife, Yolanda, and he turns to Hank for help. And Bobby and Joseph discover NASCAR. (laughs) Yep. So A story characters here, Hank and Enrique, B story characters, Bobby and Joseph. Um, We can jump right into notes, but I do have a a retro rage that I want to throw out here real quick if you're cool with it, because we haven't had one for a little bit. Yeah, do it up, buddy. What do you got? Um, TV blockers. <laughs> like, yes. really, I, so parental blocks, they exist. They exist everywhere. You can put one on your Switch. You can put one on your Xbox. You can put one on your computer. It, none of them work. There is always a workaround, mm-hmm. and they've al- there's always been a workaround. But, yeah, I, I've never seen a, a TV blocker that has ever worked, or let alone one that you could program with a word, like propane. Oh, I got a bit so for that, that buddy. Little, I got my yeah. own retro reference re, retro reference rage for that. <laughs> oh, good, good. But yeah, that's 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 my rage though. It's like, oh, you're blocking specific channels. Okay, I'm just gonna go watch it on YouTube. I don't give a shit about your TV blocker. <laughs> yeah. uh, but give me some notes, man, or jump into your retro rage. Feel free. Um, actually, I want you to give me your notes because I'm about to take up some fucking time with mine, and I want to let you talk for a minute. <laughs> Sure, sure. Okay, so first note here, uh, in case you guys are curious, the winners of the Daytona 500 in February of 2005, so just after this episode would have debuted, because the uh, Daytona 500 is the beginning of the NASCAR season. It happens, I think, the Sunday after the Super Bowl every year, or two Sundays after the Super Bowl every year, but it's February of every year. So it would have been right around this time, because we just had Valentine's Day. Uh, the winners of the Daytona 500 in 2005 were third place was Dale Earnhardt Jr., second place was Kurt Busch, and first place was everybody's favorite uh, uh, happy, handsome asshole Jeff Gordon. All right, I didn't realize he was a race car driver. I thought he was just a cereal box model. Yeah, I know, I know. I got. Don't you just love that Jeff Gordon? He's the world's fastest Christian. Um, Mark. <laughs> Thank you for deep pulls from both of us. I'm thanking myself here. Yeah, thank you. Um, Hank's view of work relationships is so very German. Like, <laughs> it, it is just 
and it's and it's so refreshing to see. Maybe that's why I like living in Germany so much, or maybe that's why I idolize Hank so much because it's like, no, your work people are your work people. Yeah. Not every single person you work with has to be your best friend. That is, it's just not how it needs to happen. It's the, I had a conversation with my wife about this yesterday, and I think Hank would agree with me when I said, I cannot wait to go back to Germany because I don't like the implication I have to be best friends with everyone I fucking meet. I don't want to go into my grocery store and have to have a 20-second conversation, even though it's only 20 seconds, with somebody that I do not give two shits about checking out my food. Yeah. I want you to tell me what I owe you. I want you to tell me to have a good day. I will tell you to have one too and I will go on my life. You know, I'm not starting a brand new friendship with you because you sold me some fucking cucumbers. Like that's that's just not how this is going to work. And yet I feel like that's implied <laughs> so much in our country oh, and I'm yeah. done with it. That's not me. Um, so I really appreciate that Hank is just like, no, we're at work. Enrique is a work friend. I do not want to be in his personal life. Like, let me go away from his personal life. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a thousand percent. I did a count. I did a count, Mark. Okay. The second time Hank shows up and shows up to work on his uh, driveway. Mm-hmm. Dale walks up to him and says, where have you been? We're almost too drunk to work. And Bill gives that nice, gross, wet belch and just says, big pardon. Mm -hmm. I counted as he's driving up. There are 17 beer cans in frame, three of which are currently in hands, meaning 14 beers have already been downed. Conservatively, I think Boomhauer would have had maybe three. So he's got four in his in in his uh, in his hand. Right. Yes. So that leaves 13 beers. So half a dozen each between Bill and Dale. Okay. It's interesting. Well, interesting to see. We just saw Bill get a uh, drunken disorderly for that many beers. Yep. Yep. So, there you go. Um, let's see here. We've got Eddie Money's Two Tickets to Paradise. That's our sound cue today. Um, that's what's playing when they're in the rec room at the men's shelter. Mm-hmm. Very, very loud. And if you fly, yep. if you, what do you say? If you flag one more time, I'm going to punch you in the throat. <laughs> Don't take my favorite moments, Mark. Don't you dare. I apologize. <laughs> if you pull, if you pulled in Enrique from the end of this episode, yeah, banging on my door, or ba- no, banging on your boss's door, screaming at the top of your lungs, ringing the doorbell, calling the phone, all in the middle of the night trying to get in, do you honestly think you could ever show back up to work? No, no, I couldn't. No, I couldn't. No. Like no, so that 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 says something to Hank's character that he doesn't hold it over him. Like, cool, we're back to being normal work friends. Don't come over to my house again. I won't even mention it. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, my last note here is Mark. I want you to know something. What's that, buddy? If uh, you ever get kicked to the curb by your lady wizard, I offer you two weeks. You may have two weeks with me. Then it's up to the Kaiser what to do with you. I'll take that. You also got to make your way out to me. I'll take that. (laughs) You got two weeks, buddy. I honestly think that it's German law that I can't have you in my house for longer than two weeks without informing my landlord. So. Wow. That's. Wow. Good for them. I guess kind of. No. Yeah. Actually, no. You know what? No. Fuck that. That's bullshit. 
<laughs> Either that or I have to inform my landlord and then I get charged more rent because there's an extra person there. That's what I mean. Go fuck yourself. Like, you already got the property. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's true, but... Yeah. Um, okay, so those those were my notes, man. I'm 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 ready to be angrified. All right, here we go. I'm feeling that's where this is gonna go. Oh no, I just so um, number one, I know that Joseph is describing a Fox show when he talks about the girl. With the, <laughs> they give her a new boob and then they make her do something gross to get the second boob. And then I had the reaction yep. of, "Holy shit! Do you remember TV from Fox in 2004?" Well, Johnny. You're about yes. to because I wrote down a list. Here's what premiered on the Fox Ooh. Network under the category of reality television. Um, using and again, we're using our rule of came out this year, so it was made six months ago. This is the 2004 list. Uh, my big fat obnoxious fiance, which was about a woman convincing her family she had chosen to marry a fat guy, and if <laughs> she did it, they got a million dollars. Okay. Forever Eden. It sounds like Intercourse Island from Futurama. It's pretty much. It's probably just Intercourse Island. It's people living wow. in a resort, like, and it's seeing how long they can live in the resort before they like cheat on each other with somebody else. Okay. Um, playing it straight, a dating show with eighteen men, and the woman had to, you know, go on dates with them. But here's the twist, John. There's at least four gay dudes in the uh, male pool. It was canceled uh, uh, after uh, four episodes. Yep, I wonder why. Maybe that's a little insensitive, guys. I honestly kind of love the idea. Like, just because those dating shows are so stupid anyway, like, I'm just sure yeah. that the gay characters were not handled appropriately. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, God, yeah. Like, you know, it was just like Robin Williams, Bird, Cage, oh, God, here he comes. Um... The Swan, which I'm pretty sure is what Joseph is referring to, about two ugly women who get plastic surgery over a series of weeks and months, and then you, America, get to decide who's hottest. Oh, come on, Mark. The Simple Life was a lot bigger than that. You you can't just boil it down to two sentences. <laughs> simple Life wasn't 2005. It was like, that was like 2002. Fuck you, Paris Hilton, and fuck you, Nicole Richie. I hope you're listening. Hey, no, Paris Hilton got a bad fucking run. Have you ever heard about all her shit she had to do with that school? Like, I have. Oh my god, I, have. I. You know what? Paris Hilton got fucking ruined by humanity. Yeah, she shot a sex tape. Yes, I've watched it for <laughs> science. Doesn't Educational matter. purposes. Educational purposes. Trading spouses, John. Where I get a new mom, you oh, get a new yep. mom. Which actually wasn't that bad of a show premise. I kind of thought it was cool, but like, it was a thousand percent fake, and we kind of just ruined it with our wackiness. Yeah, but there's some great memes. There's some great memes from Trading Spouses. I'm thinking specifically of the God Warrior. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, anyway, ninety nine one one. But I was also gonna say and. The Dave Chappelle parody bit with the trading spouses. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. When he drops yeah. the little white kid off in the hood and he's like, what are you doing? 47th and Franklin. Get your ass home. J-j-j-g unit and drives away. That's amazing. <laughs> um, Sorry. Nanny 911. Okay. I just, okay. And finally rounding out our year, um, my big fat obnoxious boss. I don't know what that one was Ooh. about. I didn't look into it. But I also want to point out we also got House in 2004. So 
a single shining pearl against a sea of crap. All that is to say is Fox reality TV shows in the thousands were goddamn insane, and it was really just networks yes-anding and trying to checkmate themselves on stupidity yeah. while trying to recapture that, like, survivor-slash-greatest-race um, magic in a bottle. And, like, by this point, we were all sick of reality TV, but we were still going to do it. Like, I'm I'm trying to think here. So it's I think it's NBC that does Survivor, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to say it's ABC that does The Amazing Race and Big Brother. Yes, sir. So, like, th- those are their their kind of big ones. Somebody else has, used to have uh, Biggest Loser. It that, was one of those guys. That was NBC. NBC had, the, like, the competition ones. Like, there's Biggest Loser, Last okay. Comic Standing was on NBC. Okay. Um, I think the, the biggest hit, like, reality hit that is still consistent and still has a lot lasting, like, effect for reality shows that Fox ever got was American Idol. And they don't even have it anymore. Yeah. I, yeah. And then that bled into the voice. That was their one. X Factor. Th- yeah. X Factor. And yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. That was that was their, like, shining pearl for reality TV. Because somebody else has got The Bachelor. It's like CBS or some shit like that. Like, there are, there are a handful of them that are out there still that have been around for, like, 30 fucking years. And it's weird to think that. Yeah. It's kind of impressive. But yeah, I can't think of anything on Fox other than I watched a cooking competition show on them recently and it's, they, they get all the Gordon Ramsay shit for some reason. Maybe it's because he's from the UK and that's where Rupert Murdoch is. Mm-hmm. And so he just wants to work with him directly or some shit. Um, and I like Gordon Ramsay, but other than their cooking shows, I don't even know what their reality programming looks like anymore. I I have no idea. I, I don't watch TV though. Like, you know, Mm. I, gotcha. I I haven't had network TV in like what ten years, so I have no idea what's going on. Fair, fair. Well, I'll give Fox this. They uh, they definitely still own the entire like lion's share of animation. So, I think they're the only animation network really at this point. Like they're to the point where yeah, they're farming out their animation yeah. properties to other networks like Futurama and American Dad. Like, yeah, I'm amazed Simpsons is. I think Fox is where you go to get an animated show off the ground. You go to Fox or you go to um, Cartoon Network. Yeah. It used to be Netflix, but now Netflix is like, nope, it's too 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 expensive here. So I feel like we're digressing. Here. No, let's, we let's are. It's, it back in. I just want to make sure we get enough content for this fucking episode. My point is no, that 2004 sure, the reality was shows, batshit. Man. Reality, it was batshit insane. Bobby knows exactly what the Daytona 500 is. I'm sorry. Like, this is one of those retcon episodes that to. is really pissing. I'm sorry, dude. You do not get to remove Days of Thunder. Like, ooh, ooh, Greg, you piece of shit. Um... Johnny, you already Life hit this. in the this. fast lane? Yeah. 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 You already hit this. I 100% hate talking to people at work. I don't know what to say. I don't care about your kids. I don't care about your weekend. You don't care about my kids. You don't care about my weekend. I Stop. Let Just stop. Leave me be. I like my boss. He and I talk about hockey and shit. Like, he's cool. But, like, we... I spend as much time with him as I see my lady. Do you know what I mean? In a room that's about sure. as big as our apartment living room. So, like, you know, I... You're going to get close to people eventually, but, like, man, now to this point, like, what you're saying with, like, meeting people in the grocery store, I used to work in that grocery store, so I got to fucking say hello yeah. to everybody. And I don't mind. Some of them were genuinely good yeah. people, but I don't want to... I saw you two days ago, and nothing in my life has changed. Like, yeah, I don't need to hear about it's how the bad expectation. This place is. Yeah, yeah. It's the expectation that you are going to have to go up and do this. It's like, no. 
Absolutely not. With coworkers, like you said, you, you some of them you spend more time with than your significant other because you're with them 40 hours a week. I used to get real close to the people I worked with in public works for that very reason. Like, it's just a bunch of dudes hanging out for 40 hours a week. Yeah, of course, we're going to start talking about some shit. Um, but yeah, like, I, I just... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just... God, it's such no, a... No, when you were saying I feel like that, such I was an like, anti- I'm moving to Germany. That's dick. all there is to it. Like, it's going to happen. Like, yeah. What were you saying? I'm sorry. I love German culture for that. No, I just... I, I feel like a dick, but I also feel like I'm a justified dick. You know, if I want to make my living as a therapist talking to people, that's going to be my job is talking to people. I don't want to have to do that when I'm not at work. <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. I, but then, you know, again, I do genuinely love my old boss. Like he and I are buddies. We're going to get a beer this week. Like he's one of my, he's like my friend. You know what I mean? So like, I think, I think in your own department, you just can't be buddies with them. That makes sense. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on because we are running a little bit long here. Sorry guys. We're getting long lately, I guess. I don't know. Um, Oh, hey, we failed in our promise that this week's episode is going to be super tight and only 20 minutes per hump. Oh, well. (laughs) <laughs> um is lana ghost at that dinner table scene no one reacts to her i think that they like got britney murphy running line oh. early and like just animated around it and they're like we need some buffer here can you do you got any like you got any britney murphy on the floor oh yeah we got some like dumb faces and uh here's some musical <laughs> shit. Yeah, just throw it all just throw it all oh. in yeah thanks like what what was that like that beginning scene and even then like she get, I guess because yeah, he has to give her the stuffed animal. But like, is that it? Is that we have to establish that Luann is in the house once again because she wasn't here last week? But so now we got to establish that Luann is here. But no one reacts to her at dinner. I don't know. It was just really weird. Okay. Um, how is Bill this fat? Never mind. We answered our own question when he got um, Halo parachute dropped or ejection ejection seated onto his lawn and broke his tailbone and got fat. <laughs> I don't know. Yes. <laughs> um. Um, this, okay, so, like, I feel super bad for Hank, and I think it's really easy to say that Hank is a pussy, but at the same time, this thing happened to me, and it was with one of my managers at City Market, so I was 100% just, like, in the fucking firing range for it, like, same-ish age, like, him and his wife are splitting up, and I got to hear about all of it, and I was like, I but he was my manager, so I can't tell him to go fuck himself, you know what I mean? Right, right. And it was... Boy, it made a bad place to work even worse. My point is, guys, be upfront with people. And hey, maybe don't share your feelings with people. People don't care unless they fucking ask. And even when they do ask, they don't actually care. They're being polite. Use some discretion. What's that? Use some discretion. Use some like, discretion. Not everybody needs to know. You may need to tell some people, and I understand that's fine, but use some discretion because not everybody needs to know. Yes. Um, I'm calling it out. I'm not making a point of it, but I'm calling it out because I'm sure someone will say something about it. This is predating that whatever that quinceanera episode is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. However, Enrique says that since the children have moved out, number one, pro to Enrique, Yolanda is hot for having children (laughs) who've moved out of their house. Like, wow. Good for Enrique. Number one. Number two, um, the quinceanera one, the girl's 15. She's not out of the house. Like, I don't know. Um, I, but again, I'm not yeah. trying to call continuity that hasn't happened yet. I just want to make a note of it. Um, Johnny, we know Hank Hill's uh, pin number. 
Do and, we? Yeah, this, and this is my retro reference rage. You remember T9? You just T9 this shit, dog. Seven seven six seven two six three. That's propane. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but that was my retro reference rage. Is I know I remember how to T9, and I did that shit in my head. <laughs> um, oh, that's fantastic! I have a T9 in a long time. I have the option on my phone, on my messaging app to do it, and I kind of want to do it, but I think it'd be too weird on my big ass phone, you know. Yeah, it's weird without the tactile push of the button. That's, That's my what's going to screw with me. Yeah, because you need to know that you hit it like how many times. Kids, it used to be so much harder to communicate via text. Ask your parents. Does Strickland sell condiments? Like they have like bottles of ketchup and mustard just hanging out. Do they actually sell that shit there? Do people go to Strickland and like buy ketchup and mustard or tongs or like? It's so. I mean, it's. I would. I would consider a condiment as well as tongs, a uh, propane accessory, and they would be fools not to. Okay, but Can you imagine he... if you got some? Go ahead. Uh, I, I, like I was gonna say, almost microbrew's the wrong word, but like small batch barbecue sauce from Texas, and you sold it at your grill store. That way, it's like cool. I know that I have to go into the propane dealership to go and get my, you know, my five gallon tank filled or some shit like that. We're gonna per- peruse around while they're swapping tanks out, and I'm gonna go, oh shit, um, Uncle Happy Slappy's asshole burner five thousand barbecue sauce. Let's fucking go. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, he's they're they're idiots if they're not jumping in on that. At the time, maybe not, but now, like, you got to monetize everything, man. I I don't know. I just, that reeks of bullshit to me. I don't know. Because, okay, so, like, the barbecue sauce would be a good idea, but you know that's just, like, Heinz 57 and goddamn Plockman's yellow mustard. Like, there's nothing. Uh-huh. So, so, but so, okay, so to that end, what are they doing? Are they going to the pink and white, and Hank has to buy a case of ketchup at cost from pink and white? To go sell it at Strickland, yeah. probably, I just, but okay, but I just don't understand buying it. I'm sorry. Like, the, the tongs, maybe, sure, but, like, you're not buying your meat there. Like, right. I don't know. Yeah, maybe, but it's everything, maybe you else, and I are that, thinking, everything else that has a longer shelf life. You and I are thinking with 2023 brain, where we need to tie shit into we shit are. to get extra shit out of shit. My point is, they're not going to sell at Uncle Slappy's butthole rate barbecue sauce. <laughs> they're, yeah. you, you know, they're I, not going to do that in 2004. I can see I can see everything that's not perishable that you can get at your one-stop shop. So you're getting your grill, you're getting your propane, you're getting your tools because you're getting it all set up. And what are you going to do the first thing you do or first thing you get home with your brand new grill? You're going to fire that fucker up and you're going to make some ribs, you're going to make some steaks. Well, you may as well be getting the the bottle of sauce at this at the place as well because, because it's, so hard it's to not going to go bad at the fridge where you're going to get the ribs for your grill. It's true, but if it's right there, it's like an impulse buy, man. It's like putting gum at the register. Fuck you. You don't impulse buy ketchup. Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. We can't. This is our worst fight yet. I'm sorry. Um. <laughs> if if the only thing your store sells is shit related to barbecues, it makes sense that you would try an impulse buy right there. And to what end? Are we going to sell relish? Or are, are we going to sell uh, a whole grain German beer mustard? You know? Where does it end, John? You're in Texas, Mark. I don't know. We have fucking <laughs> all you uh, need is Hoff, barbecue sauce. We have fucking Hoffenheim just up the goddamn road. Are we gonna sell fucking Hoffenheim's full grain mustard? I don't. You know, where's the limit? When does it Strickland propane become Strickland <laughs> propane and condiments? That's what I'm asking. It just yes ends itself into madness. 
<laughs> the point is, guys, what guys, Johnny and I are doing right now work. is communicating. We are communicating an issue that we have, and now we feel better for it, don't we, buddy? Uh, we do, but I'd feel even more better if you told me how nice I looked more than once a fucking year. Johnny, you look pretty, buddy. That weight from the baby's got to come look off at pretty, some point. Mark. <laughs> okay, anyway, moving on. I'm almost done here. I can fix this episode. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Peggy shoots Joe Jack. Or Enrique. That's it. Peggy shoots Enrique. Peggy shoots Joe Jack. Even better. <laughs> no, Peggy shoots Enrique. Same rules as Mrs. Wakefield. And hey, Enrique's Mexican. They don't even look twice. That's it. Ugh. Um, I swear to God that Enrique getting bowling balled up the cement is a recycled bill bit, and I think I'm just remembering um, him go him juggernauting on the slip and slide through the fence. <laughs> Probably. But I honestly thought they recycled the animation frame, but I think it's shot from a different aspect, and I didn't bother to go look it up. Those are my 20 goddamn minutes of notes. What do you got for me, buddy? Um, pros here. You already hit a, a bunch of these, so this is going to make it real fast. Um, Fox's shitty reality shows, that's a pro to me because it's very on brand. The two that, that are mentioned here is the one lady who gets, she gets one booby and they make her do something stupid for another. And then the other one is, hey, you got all this plastic surgery and now you have to like, she has to eat a bowl of something. I, I think that's the was. same. I think that's the same show because that's her like doing something for the other boob. Is she has to eat, she got the okay. nose, she got the nose and face job, but she has to eat her old nose and lips. <gasps> that's, that's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. Okay. And I think so they're like directly yeah. referencing the sw- or like parodying the swan with that one. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's interesting. Um oh sweet sweet Luann, she is just so stupid now. Like Yep. Remember man, we we've regressed. She's we're now post lucky, so we're not getting anything more out of her. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just uh, she's so sweet and she's so dumb. I love her stupid little animation that they do on her face when she's like, "You can do yeah. something like this." Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, "Okay, that's kind of fun." But no one does anything with it. No one reacts to it. They didn't see her do it, you know? Yeah. Um, Bill's nutshot is always a pro. Bill's nutshot. Oh, with the jackhammer. Yeah, he gets... Yes, yes. Yeah, he gets... (laughs) He goes to... Yeah, oh yeah. Anytime Bill gets nailed in the nuts, that's a pro. And then this... It's a pro that this episode is so uncomfortable, it's like a car crash. I just can't look away. Mm Mm-hmm. Because Enrique is is so cringy and so uncomfortable the whole time, when he's sad, when he's happy, when he is trying to make himself a, a the the next Enrique Hill, like it, I can't not watch this mm-hmm. because it's so cringy and feels so authentic. We've all had that friend that just doesn't get the hint you need to leave. I don't want you here anymore, and he just keeps coming back Mm -hmm. we've all had that friend that we have straight up ghosted like they did at the end of the episode where he's trying to bust into your house and you're just like no shut the lights off i don't care that the car is in the driveway we're gonna say we were out on a walk i am not answering the door i am not doing this for this person right now boundaries um like we have all been there and 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 it's a plus to me that hank sets his boundaries real early in this episode like really early. He says, I don't need help. I don't want to know about your family situation. This is not appropriate. And and Enrique continues to push it. So Hank is not the bad guy in this. Mm-hmm. So it's also nice to see Hank not be the bad guy for a change. <laughs> yeah. Those like, are my pros, man. 
it really just it really just hits but that that's it too is like Hank doesn't do anything wrong. He can't avo- he cannot avoid the situation. No. Uh, yeah. Um So wait, those were your pros or those were your notes? Those are my pros cuz I already did my notes before you did yours. Remember? I'm sorry. You're right. No, I'm sorry. I talked so fucking <laughs> long about I have so much reality TV show shit crammed in my head. I'm just kind of confused with everything. Yeah. John, they can you live on a resort with your wife? How long can you do it before you cheat on her? Like, that was a show. People agreed to be on that. that like, I, I'm sorry. I'm done. Um, hey, America, watch these fat people lose a pound and cry about it for 20 minutes. Okay. Um, con or pros. I'm on pros. Stop. Mark, you're good now. Capturing the banality yeah, of work talk. They do or of work talk. They do a really solid bit of that in the beginning. When they're like talking about like, yeah, these new tongs will handle a porterhouse, and you don't really know what else to say. Yep. That's really good. I really like how they did that. Um, it's like conversations I used to have about pipe fittings. Like no one gives a shit, but yeah. it's just a conversation you have with your coworker. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't give a shit about what ground beef is doing today, guys. But that's what you talk about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, Bill Dobitrov, Mighty Thor. That's. I like Bill. Bill's get. I, I'm really liking Bill lately. It's kind of nice to see them not shitting on him so much. Yeah. Um. I can't talk to her. I'm a man. Yeah. Followed up with Danny Trejo does some goddamn work this week. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. Gold star to you, Danny Trejo. Yeah. Um. There's a bit when they're sitting on the couch and it's. After Peggy is let Enrique in, I don't know why. I don't understand why she does this. Completely unmotivated. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, but they're sitting there, and he's, like, talking about Raymond or whatever and just laughing. And Peggy <laughs> looks up at Hank with concern on her face, and Hank just, like, shoots her down. And literally the note it was, yeah, fuck you, Peggy. Couch look. It was so... <laughs> Ooh, that's a good little bit there. Um, this is my own personal pro because I felt like a big enough asshole that I got to shout it out. My Spanish is good enough. I know exactly what they were talking about when they were fighting with each other and I'll take it. (laughs) Hank is so strong. Hank is free. That's, that's great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, that's my favorite moment. Johnny cons. What you got, buddy? Um, Hank is, he's very forward about not needing help. Enrique inserting himself is very inappropriate. So it's good writing, but it's it's uncomfortable. Like so, it's a it's a con for me, I guess. I don't. Maybe it's not really a con, just the the juggernaut that is Enrique. This episode failing to listen to anybody, communicate with anybody. It's it's hard to watch sometimes. Um, you already hit this real hard, and it is a glaring con for me because I. I I'm sorry. Continuity is a thing. Mm-hmm. You you are now post Futurama. Futurama has been canceled, and they've done this for years before your show. So having saying the children have moved out, and then coming back in a season or two with a Quinceanera episode. Nope, I'm not buying it. I'm mad about it. I am up fucking set. Right. Uh, and the my last con here is Peggy. It's Peggy in this episode, and I know that this is her character, and I know that this is entertaining for some people to watch she needs to calm the fuck down other people's business is other people's business and i really appreciate hank shutting her down in the end where she says "Ooh, what are all the details he said you know what 
I don't even know, mm-hmm. and that's good. Mm-hmm. And she just gives him that, like, ugh, ugh, ugh. You're, you guys are turning Peggy into that stereotype. And while she is kind of that way, she's also a lot more fully realized of a character. So it's a con for me. Let people have their own shit. Here, here. Not everybody needs to know everything. Here, God damn. Fucking here. <laughs> um, you got any cons, buddy, before we move to favorite moments? I got a couple, yeah. Um, Hank's tank lift. Oh, my God. There's that opening bit when he picks up that 50-gallon tank. And, like, yeah. he is straight up, like, backing it. And it's like, well, that's why you got diminished gluteal syndrome, Hank, because your form is so shitty. That's why you got to go to yoga. <laughs> Give your balls a tug, Hank. <laughs> um, Con, everybody loves Raymond. No, they don't. Fuck you, Raymond. Fuck that show. I hate that show. It was always on. How was it always on? And it wasn't funny. No part of it was funny. Okay. Um, finally, um, con to Enrique for lying to her and con for Peggy for believing that you could make Rocky three any better. Rocky three might be the perfect movie. <laughs> that's Mr. T, right? Yeah. That's yeah. Clever Lang. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I prefer Rocky four, but Rocky three is a better movie. Like Rocky four has one of the best training montages of all time, but it also has the super, super gay as hell. Carl Weathers and Sly Stallone running through the beach to hearts on fire. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's fucking Rocky four's hearts on fire. I have the tigers Rocky three. I apologize. Yes. <laughs> Wait, I just, God, I'm going to go watch Rocky three. That movie's amazing. Kids go watch Rocky three. It's, it's great. You can't make it any better. Um, <laughs> anything else or favorite moments? I, I feel like so we're kind of jumping. Here. Are we jumping ahead or like, have we established no, how no, uncomfortable this episode is? Because it does a really good job yeah, of being we, super uncomfortable. Like, and I just don't want to beat home the point. No, I think we have. And it's, it's a very straightforward episode. There's no real B plot to this other than we didn't talk about Bobby and Joseph eventually watching the, the, um, NASCAR and the, them going, well, what the hell is this? And then they see a car explosion and they continue to watch. Which we already know that they know about. Like, so, yeah. 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 Exactly. Okay. I just want to um, make no sure. Favorite... Like, I feel like we're like running to the end here. And I'm like, wait, did we address it? But I think we really did address it well enough. Yeah. We did. Okay. Um, so, favorite moments for me is one is Toby, Puss, Toby Huss threatening to neck punch me. <laughs> yes. This is very clearly him. Like, it's the most Toby Huss that's ever Toby Hussed. And Bill screaming, I am Mighty Thor. Right on. I'm sorry I took both your I, moments. It makes me... It's, no, it's cool. I, it makes me very happy that you and I can be on, on par with this. You have any other ones that are not those two? Um, Jackhammer Rodeo. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Boomhauer Lane frosting it up and getting nine seconds. Yep. It's a good man. <laughs> Don't you trigger me. <laughs> I'm triggering myself with it. Don't worry about it. Uh, Mark, I think we're to ratings then. Yeah. What do you give an Enrique? I can't even say the title. Enrique Insilable Differences? Uh, so I gave it a butane. It gets a butane from me. I didn't hate this episode, but I didn't love this episode. But it is a tour de force for Danny Trejo, and that's why it's a butane for me. Because that man deserves my my respect, and he made me feel so cringy in this episode because he's that good of an actor. Yeah. There is, like, the urgency in his voice when he's running around the Hills house in the middle of the night is just, like, the most uncomfortable and unsettling thing I've ever heard from him. And it's it feels so raw 
that I was like, okay, I have to appreciate this and give it its due. Um, and I don't think I'd be giving it its due if I ranked this episode lower than a butane. Now, the rest of this, there's glaring, there's some glaring plot holes that'll show up a little bit later. There's some really obnoxious characters like Peggy that just want to get in people's shit the whole time. But the overall message here is set your boundaries with your work work colleagues. If they don't want to follow those boundaries, then don't be an accomplice with them. I really appreciate Hank basically saying, okay, she kicked you out. You got thrown into my house and you want to be a member of my family. That is not happening here you go to the men's shelter. I'm really sorry, but the only two places for you are here or back with her, not with me. Well said, yeah. That is something, god damn, that is something that so many people need to hear. That you can set that boundary, still be that person in their life, and not ruin a, a friendship, a co-worker like, relationship, like all that sort of shit. Yeah. We need to have boundaries as a fucking society. Yes, we do. Thousand percent, yes. So... That was a long rant to tell you that I just kind of liked this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, what about you, buddy? I I feel really... I'm sorry, John. I feel bad about this one because you're going to have to make a second sound effect to make it a quad-tane. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I also gave it a butane, which makes it a two-tane, which makes it our second two-tane of the night, making it a quad-tane. Um, yeah, no, this is a super uncomfortable episode, making it a really good episode of King of the Hill, because King of the Hill is an uncomfortable show. Yeah. But here's my problem with it. Um, Danny Trejo is great. Um, Luann doesn't really exist, whatever. Um, no, my, my biggest problem with it is this is right after Mrs. Wakefield, and I feel like if this came before or after or just a little bit later or anything, just a different just at a different time, I would have liked it a whole lot better. Okay. This might as well have been like Senor Wakefield. Do you know what I mean? Like the same idea, same premise, just different. I can't get this person out of my house. I'm being home invaded. Yeah. For the, I am being home invaded for the second time since Christmas. And it is the Daytona 500 making this like February, dude. Like, whew, yeah, that is too many home invasions to be going on on rainy street like within a month-long period um right but that's just me like and again we are watching these like consecutively and super close together but at the same time like i bet i would have bitched about this when i watched it on fox when it aired just because of how close it was to mrs wakefield in tone and premise and theme so with all that being said yeah it's a butane i guess we got to um let uh greg you know, he can come inside, but he's not sleeping in the bed tonight. He can sleep on the floor, but he's out I'll of that doghouse. Now that we have entered the era of, hey, we have side stories that are third tier characters and they're now our A story. Like this is our first Enrique centered episode and it's not our last, but it's probably the best. Yeah, I'll talk to me when we do the Quintanera bit or the stupid baseball one, which I already know that I fucking hate. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, hey, I, you gave me a, a third tier character as your A star, A story star, and I didn't hate this episode. So that's, I'll give you some props, Greg. High praise from Caesar, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Is his name Greg or Craig? Because now we've been so mean to him. I can't, I can't, I don't know what his real name is. I don't really care. But... So it's a, it's misspelled the first time we saw it as Craig. Yeah. His real name, I believe, is Greg. Oh, so I've been saying his name right. Shit. Well... Then, you know, okay. <laughs> I did that on purpose, eh. I guess. Um, Come at me, Cohen. 
Yeah, I got some stuff to say to you, Cohen. Anyway, Johnny, I think we got some stuff to say to our listeners. But first, you got to say to me whether or not you still like King of the Hill. Mark, I still love King of the Hill. How about yourself? Yeah, I still love King of the Hill. Um, last week, he got all mad at me because I said I just kind of liked it. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm still really enjoying King of the Hill. Even now, like just that these are butanes. I'm amazed these are butanes. I remember, I remember hating them. And that's kind of my, like, I think that's the point of season nine for me is I remember hating this shit and turns out I don't hate it. So I am yeah. looking forward to the future. Yeah. Um, like I said, that's, it's fewer and far between that we find those, those little pearls, but it's, it's still there. It's still happening. Yeah. It's still, but it's consistent too. And I, you know what? I will take consistency over highs and lows. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. freaking lootly. Um, well, I say we get on out of here, Mark. Let's do it, buddy. You want to tell those good people where to find us? Sure. The good people of Internet and Podcast Land can always interact with our podcast by talking to us on Twitter, on Instagram. We have a Facebook group. It's Dang Old Podcast or at Dang Old Podcast if you're on any of those platforms. You can always send us an email at dangoldpodcast at gmail.com. You can reach out to me personally if you want to chit-chat uh, about, I don't know, any anything. What did I complain about today? <laughs> you want to talk to me about German culture? Fuck, dude, I'll talk to you about German culture. You want to talk to me about Uncle Happy Slappy's butthole burner barbecue sauce? Let's do it. Swap me some recipes. Tell me that I'm, I am I need to try all of this sort of stuff before I, I leave the country and can never get anything this good again. Um, you can find me on Kraut Ball on Instagram. That's Kraut as in sauerkraut and ball as in Swedish meatball. Mark, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on our sister podcast, the Two Wizards Podcast, where me and my buddy Josh peer into that void so you don't have to. Um, this week was a special treat. I'm not going to tell you what it was because we had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, you're just going to have to check it out. But I can tell you that it might be a callback to one of our more favorite and well-received episodes. Uh, so go check Ooh. me out over there. But then also check us out on our other sister podcast. Maybe this is our brother podcast. I don't know how podcast gender and sister family brother. works. But this is our other podcast in the high hammock family the i can't wait to show my kids podcast where me and my buddy brad we fill in gaps in our cinematic knowledge and then talk about like some of our favorite movies that the other one hasn't seen and then we discuss the super important topic of when can i show this if ever to my kids this week we did clerks um yeah perfect perfect kids movie perfect kids movie almost as good as what is it fluffy doggy adventure <laughs> yeah yeah um anyway go check us out over wish- there uh marky stardust on twitter that's what i got thank you for listening guys hit that five star go tell a friend um i, th- I think that's it john yeah. let's just get the hell out of here buddy we love you guys have a good night don't well, show up at my house we'll at one week. in the morning asking to be let in you will not be let in <laughs> good night everybody good night